You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Interning 101 podcast, hosted by yours truly, Emily White, author of Interning 101. Hello, happy new year. It's already been new year in Interning 101 podcast world, but this is the first episode I have recorded in 2019. So, I hope you all had a great holiday break. This is Emily White, host of the Interning 101 podcast, and this is mini episode 12. And um, before we dig in um, on today's topic, topics, it's it's a lot. Uh, I, I only received one intern application over the break, and I'm mentioning that because in Interning 101, I talk about especially applying for entertainment industry internships to not apply um, between Christmas and New Year's because that is the only time that the entertainment industry takes off. Um, I mean, I'm nice about it. I'm sure other people are nice about it too, but I happen to be around uh, this time period. A lot of times I'm on meditation retreat and we'll talk about that in another mini episode, but um, most people are not checking their inboxes. So again, the goal of your application and your email is to get read So I completely understand why students are applying for internships between Christmas and New Year's. You guys finally get a class break as well. But um, industry people are coming back to literally thousands of emails. So it's not an efficient time to apply. Um, What I recommend is there are a variety of programs where you can schedule emails to send. Boomerang by Gmail is one of them. I use Polymail, um, that costs money. And I also have my issues with Polymail, so that's not a full endorsement. Um, But programs where you can schedule emails to send at a different date and time um, definitely exist. So check that out. Schedule your emails to actually hit like the second week of January, because by then, hopefully, people are dug out and your email will get read. So that's not at all what today's mini episode is about. Uh, We're going to talk about modern office basics. So we talked about email. We talked about the phone. Those were big enough topics that they were its own episodes. Um, We might have to do this in two parts. It's in two parts in the book, but we'll see how much we can uh, talk about today. So first, uh, let's talk about messaging programs, and uh, we'll talk about project management. And you know, I, it's interesting because in, in the tech community, I am considered non-technical because I don't know how to code. I mean, I could do a line of code, you know, by Googling. But um, in the music industry, I'm considered kind of at the forefront of music tech. Um, I guess my point is I'm going to talk about some programs that I probably don't even use, quote, the right way. Um, But I do think they are really efficient programs, and I encourage you to try them out for a variety of reasons, and maybe you'll probably become better at them than I am, but let's just get rolling because I'm kind of obsessed with some of these things. So first, Slack. 
Um, Slack is becoming much more mainstream. Um, there's a good chance you know exactly what it is and can skip over this part. But it's taken this long for, if I'm going to generalize for old school music industry people to learn email. Um, and now there is Slack. So if you don't know what Slack is, it's primarily a messaging tool for internal groups and teams. Um, so at Collective Entertainment, we have a Slack team and then a variety of chat room channels for each artist, for each athlete, each project. All right. So Slack at its core is for internal messaging generally. And similar to Google Drive, which we'll talk about, um, you might not want to create a Slack team for every single thing you do. So just be mindful and smart about it. Oh, let me pull up mine to see what I have going on here. Um, so I have Collective Entertainment's Team Slack. Um, we've also created Slack teams for um, some individual artists because most humans suck at email. Um, artists are human too. So um, for two of our artists, uh, I'll just be open, Fox Stevenson and Taurus. That's been a great way to communicate with them and get answers. Um, we have another artist where we tried you know, using Slack with her and, and it didn't work. But um, for artist managers out there, keep that in mind instead of, you know, chasing, um, artists with, with emails. Although the, the artist that doesn't like Slack, um, text, texting is the best way to get, get information from her. So, okay. Continuing on. Um, like I said, I have a Slack team for, um, my book publisher for, um, this podcast, uh, and also like a random kind of sports tech one I'm on. So that's not too bad. Um, collective is my main, collective entertainment is my main one for sure. So that's what Slack is. There are a million things you can do in it. So I encourage you to check that out. Um, some examples are we have like the companies uh, and, and some artists, but the company's Twitter feed in there. Um, and so it's nice to have the company and client Twitter feeds instead of like going to check it or hoping that you see it in kind of recommended posts and stuff like that. Um, so that way, team members can easily share and retweet, you know, things that the company is doing. One feature that I'm obsessed with in Slack is um, forward slash remind me to. Um, so I could say, remind me tomorrow to pitch Anthony Irvin for this swim camp or whatever. Um, at the same time, I try to make sure my reminders don't get too overwhelming. And so I try to keep them... I guess important because I, I, I'm in Slack all the time, so I want to make sure I don't miss it. Uh, as far as project management goes and long-term, not even long-term projects, but just, I don't want to say less important things, but like I said, the, the things I need in my face, I'm, I'm probably going to put in the Slack. Um, for the past probably two years, I've been using Asana, which I'm always going to mess up how to say it because... Um, there's an important yoga term called asana. Um, but yeah, asana is great for project management. Most of these platforms were built for developers. Again, I'm not a developer, but in asana, I was creating basically projects for each client and then using that, um, using the comments in it as a to-do list. I realized that Trello is much more efficient for that. Um, Trello is a little bit older. I mean, we're talking like a couple of years here. Um, so that's what I'm trying for 2019 as far as kind of longer term project management. One really important thing about Slack, the team at Collective Entertainment is great about this, but 
we don't send each other internal emails anymore. And in fact, um, I may have talked about this previously, but I had an intern who made a great comment about Slack when we first started utilizing it and integrating it. And he said, it makes the outside emails feel more important, um, which they kind of are, you know, and because what it, what Slack does in the least, I can't remember if I read this or, or if I'm estimating, but I, I think I'm estimating. I would say it reduces email by about a third because a third of that is just communicating internally. We still will forward each other things, like if it's a chain or an attachment or something, but I don't want to, if you're on my team, I don't want to hear from you via email unless you're forwarding something. So um, I've gently yelled at people enough about that that I think they get it. I think it's become habit, but Again, it's so nice to reduce internal company emails so we can focus on external people. And, 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 and just, you know, one last thing about Slack, it, you know, you can be a little bit more informal. So to my business partners and team members, I don't have to be like, dear Melissa, you know, space, salutation, all the stuff we're teaching you guys in formal emails. We can save, I know it sounds minor, but it does add up when you're sending hundreds and hundreds of messages a day or whatever. So we can save, you know, that, you know, we save time by just being, by, by just writing stuff. Hopefully we're still nice and polite and all that, but I don't have to like capitalize things and, and do all that for internal team members. So that's Slack, Asana, and Trello. Now we're going to talk about, uh, that was, that was uh, in the Interning 101 book in chapter five, Modern Office Basics part one. So now we're going to see how far, and maybe we can get through it, maybe not. Uh, we get into Modern Office Basics Part 2, Chapter 6. So this talks about, first we'll talk about Google Drive, which I already referenced. Now, on one hand, almost every student I encounter now and over the past few years definitely knows what Google Drive is and isn't like freaked out by that. But the one thing I want you to take away when talking about Google Drive is like, we don't need a Google Drive document for everything. <laughs> um, I wish I could think of a better example, but I guess my point is just be mindful when you are creating a document or you, or you are creating a spreadsheet. Um, because I have a million things in my Google Drive, so um, you're just kind of adding the clutter if you're sending me, you know, if I ask you to research something and you send it to me in a Google Drive document and there's like three notes on it, like just send it to me in Slack. So. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Google Drive, um, you can do, you know, documents, you can do spreadsheets, you can do um, PowerPoint presenta presentations. Um, I am personally not a Microsoft fan, and I got rid of, um, I got rid of my Microsoft Office account. I just, I do everything in Google Drive. You can download things as PDFs, as Word documents. You can download things in any file format that you need. You can also upload things um, into your Google Drive. So again, I, I think most of you know how to use Google Drive. I think one nice piece of etiquette with Google Drive, um, or at least is something I abide by, is I would ask people um, if they have a preferred Google Drive email address before just randomly sharing things. At, mine is set up through my original Gmail account, um, not through my work email address. And I have a few email addresses, you know? So if you're just randomly sharing 
if you if you're just go ahead going ahead and sharing things with people, um, it's a li- it's a little bit more polite to ask. Maybe you know it's going to be fine for most people. I'm probably a little more anal about that stuff. Also, as far as spreadsheets go, I believe we've talked about this, but make sure if you're working in in Google spreadsheets and you're being en- you're being asked to enter anything really, copy and paste that information. Um, we have interns update our databases and, and some of our, what I call master spreadsheets. Um, so just please copy and paste that information because I don't wanna go and copy and paste it myself out of there and um, realize that, that you did it wrong. And if I typed everything out manually, I would totally get tons of things wrong. One of the most important classes I've ever taken in my life was sophomore year of high school, software applications. So I also talk about in the book, if you really want to learn some spreadsheet formulas, there's a website called fiveminutelessons.com. And I think you can learn some spreadsheet basics some typing basics. And those are skills, shout out Arrowhead High School, that I use constantly. I also wish I would have learned to code at a young age, but as far as useful classes go, software applications was was really helpful. So maybe we did talk about this in software applications, but I didn't have anything to actually apply it to yet. Um, so maybe this is talked about in school, but I sometimes I see, maybe less so recently, but we'll cover it. Sometimes I see students overwhelmed by uh, file formats. So let's talk about that. Um, .doc or .docx are Microsoft Word extensions for a document. Again, you can download um, things in that format, if need be, I, I would download into PDF because it's just going to be a lot cleaner and a few less clicks for people to open. Um, .xls and .xlsx are Microsoft Excel extensions with CVS, ODS, and T. I've never I put TSV in my book. Like I know what I'm like. I know what that is, but um, apparently that also means spreadsheets as well. I would say CV CSV is something that I see fairly often. Um, so you should probably know that that is a spreadsheet. .ppt is a Microsoft PowerPoint extension, and .pdf we talked about. Um, It's just clean and easy to use. Um, You actually can edit it. I use a program called PDF Escape that I've used for a long time um, to add signatures and, and things like that. Also, let's talk about images. That's super important as far as file formats go. .jpeg, .tiff, .gif. People probably know the last one a little bit more lately. And I'd say when in doubt, go with JPEG, J-J-P-E-G. So those are all photo formats. Um, Although I've talked about how great PDF files are, note that they, sometimes they can look like an image if they're a flyer or something, but they definitely don't post on Facebook or Twitter, according to my own book, um, and probably some other social media. So just keep that in mind when you're doing flyers and things like that. You're also going to want a JPEG version um, so it can be uploaded to social media. Um, Now that we've talked about these formats, let's be mindful of what we're sending to people. Um, I think maybe we talked about this. Maybe we didn't. I try to keep attachments under 5 uh, MB. Um, anything more than that is clogging inboxes. Um, super busy people like me travel all the time. That means we have to deal with crappy hotel Wi-Fi and go-go in-flight Wi-Fi for on a, a major airline carrier. Um, shout out to JetBlue, who has their own Wi-Fi. But my point is you don't want to be uh, clogging up people's inboxes. Again, the whole point is is to communicate in a smooth manner. Since I am a music industry professional, uh, let's talk about audio formats. 
Um, .mp3 and .wav are individual music files. .mp3s are the most common and they vary in quality. The higher the MB, the larger size of the file, the higher the quality, while WAVs are very high quality and therefore larger music files. Um, this is really important for you to know if you want to work in, in music, um, even if you're not going to be you know, an audio person. This is stuff I come into contact with constantly. Um, it even helps when I um, upload, you know, these podcasts to my amazing producer, Amy Upthegrove. Hello, Amy. I know what a WAV file is, and I know that that is easier for her to work on or gives her more um, to work on um, when I send her a WAV file. So yay for that. Um, a few other uh, file formats. .png has a screenshot image. I do Command-Shift-3 on Macs or Print-Scan on PCs. Uh, I don't really know what Print-Scan is, but I assume it's a button. I'm more of a Mac person. Um, but yeah, Command-Shift-3, I do on my Mac all the time. Really easy to do screen grabs that way. Um, .psd is a Photoshop file. I am awful at Photoshop, so that's not something I generally deal with. .txt is a general text file. Um, this doesn't always open for some people, so definitely stick with PDFs and Word documents as kind of more universal file formats. Although technically I think .txt is super universal, but as far as like day-to-day -day business goes, keep it with PDF and Word documents. Um, .zip is an extremely common extension for compressed files. So I think most of you know what a zip file is. You know, you zip it up, you compress it. That way you can upload it. I mean, I think you can upload individual files to Dropbox as well, but that is a good segue into Dropbox. Please set up a Dropbox account, play around with Dropbox, learn what that is. Super, super common in the music industry, definitely common in the entertainment industry across the board. I have to guess that most modern businesses are using Dropbox for assets. Um, we use it for asset storage, asset sharing. So definitely music industry, entertainment industry, um, really crucial for you to have a Dropbox account. It's not hard. Um, so I'm not going to go too far into that. Um, so you can play around with it. Since I know I have music industry listeners, I'm sure most of you know this, but we use SoundCloud a lot for streaming music privately. Um, if we're sharing it internally with industry people and tastemakers before it's released, not that it isn't hackable, but, um, luckily I haven't had that problem. Calendar entries. Um, I have some examples in the book on, I mean, really just read it back to yourself. You know, the examples I have are 1030 AM Eastern, meet with Jessica. Um, I, I'll, I'll save their last names, but if you know them, you know them. Meet with Jessica and Barry from, you know, blank company for a general catch up, address, phone number. Read it. So that's, that's an example calendar entry for a meeting. Read it back to yourself because I'm on the go in between meetings. So if you're entering that, it's like, is there an apartment number? Is there, a f or not an apartment number, but a suite number? Is there a phone number if I'm running late? Um, what company are they from? What are their last name? Don't assume that I'll remember, you know, like I have a literally, like I have thousands of people in my network. So I do know Jess and Barry, but um, frankly, even like look them up on LinkedIn because um, if I'm pitching an artist or something, it's like I'm looking for anything I have in common or anything, you know, I can compliment them on or we went to the same university. They're also from the Midwest. Oh, you worked at this place. You know this person. So believe it or not, I'm pulling that stuff out of my calendar like often a few minutes before meetings. So that stuff is really helpful. Um, an example, call entry, uh, call Brooke from, you know, spare her last name. I, it's in the book. I mean, these are real people, but um, from X company about artist promotions. 
Um, that's helpful too. If, if you can add from the email chain what the topic is about, phone number, Brooke is calling Emily. That's also helpful instead of me just staring like, oh, am I calling her? Is she calling me? Um, example flights. Uh, I like I like that really efficient, um, both for myself and for clients. Because again, you're on the go. You don't need like 8 million um, unnecessary pieces of information. So example flight, 11.45 a.m. Central, uh, fly from BNA, Nashville. For me, you don't have to write, write out what the cities are because I know the airport codes, but BNA to LaGuardia via AA, flight number, arriving at this time, confirmation code, boom. Okay, so time zones. There's got to be a better way than how we do it, but we haven't figured out a better way. So feel free to tell me. I know there are like time zone support on Google Cal and iCal, but we've just always had problems with that when I travel. So um, what we do is everything is entered in in Eastern time where I live, but I have an assistant write out the time if I'm somewhere else. So for example, if I have a call at noon Eastern, but I'm in the Midwest, then who's ever helping me out will type in, you know, 11 a.m. Central, but it's going to be set in my Google Cal and iCal to go off at noon Eastern, which is the same time. Um, it also means that I don't change my computer clock when I travel, but to ensure that it doesn't distract me, I hide it um, in the settings. So if that's confusing, just send me a message and, and let me know. But again, we're, we're all about efficiency, right? It's if, if This is all paid work. This is higher level work, but you might be expected to do it. And when calendar entries aren't clear, that means someone doesn't show up for something. It could be a flight. It could be an interview. So please just double check your work. Make sure it's saved. Make sure it's in there because you're probably going to get dumped with this kind of work, whether that's fair or not. But you know, if you're working for us, that's paid. So we want to see that you can do it and then then we'll pay you. Um, I have a note about scanning and e-signatures. Scanners are kind of obsolete because there's a lot of free scanning apps. So just keep that in mind if you're asked to scan something. And there's also uh, websites like hellosign.com and signnow.com that allow you to sign documents online without having to print and scan. So, oh, it's nice to not just save paper, but um, save time. I probably should have had different priorities there, but you get the idea. I'm not going to go into this today. We'll start to wrap up this mini episode, but I have a, a, a section in the book called Shipping 101, UPS, USPS, FedEx, U, UPS, and RIP, SHIP, S-H-Y-P is no longer in there. I don't have internship things too often anymore just because I feel like we're shipping less things, but I haven't had any interns over the past few years that have really been able to ship things. So because I've noticed that interns have struggled with um, shipping things, I had my best friend, Laura Keating, write Shipping 101 in the book. She is a world-class everything, but uh, merch person, merchandise person. So I've toured the world with her. And we have like chased down boxes on European bank holidays. And she knows a lot about shipping things. So if you're overwhelmed by shipping, chapter six in the interning 101 book but frankly just follow instructions don't be overwhelmed i promise you'll get through it and someone at the post office or fedex or ups will help you side note it's really a shame that target's acquisition of the company shyp has resulted in nothing because for five bucks people would just come to my house via the ship app and take take things away i also am awful at shipping things not following instruction not not the following instructions part but takes me forever to do it. So um, we actually are going to talk about 
One other super important topic, I'm going to try to squeeze it in, even though it's major. We're going to talk about the basics of social media. Every internship resume I've ever seen says that you know how to do social media marketing. You don't. Just having social media accounts doesn't mean that you know how to do social media marketing. And most of you are too young to be on Facebook. I'm seeing some of you grow grow out of Twitter. Um, and those are huge marketing drivers for really every kind of company there is. So here's some basic tips for that, um, because whether it's fair or not, a lot of times in internships, it's going to be assumed that you know how to do this. So time of day is crucial, I think, for posting. I really like 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, that way you're still hitting Europe. Um, California's up. So I think that's a good time. If, if you can't post in real time, that's not a problem. Um, there's great companies like Hootsuite where you can schedule all, all your tweets. And I think a lot of companies and a lot of marketing people do that for sure. Please, please, please put a period uh, in front of your tweets if you are opening with an at reply. Um, I did not explain that very well. And I don't think I've seen interns run into this too much lately, but over the past year or two, it was like constant. So if you're going to open a tweet with a Twitter handle, you know, with something with an at reply, the program is reading that like you are just messaging that Twitter account. So if you if it's a post and you're saying, um, we managed an artist named Taurus and her handle is Taurus Loves You. Taurus Loves You is on tour now. Check out the dates here. Put a period in front of that. Otherwise, the only people who are going to see it have to be following Taurus and have to be following our company. If you don't have a Twitter account um, or even a Facebook account, uh, create them because like I said, it's it's good. I mean, we're going to get into your personal branding, but so that's, I think that's particularly important for Twitter and I hate to say it because I'm not a LinkedIn fan, but also LinkedIn. But again, on, whether it's fair or not, a lot of your internships are going to expect, you know, that you know how to do this stuff. And even if you're not interested in Twitter, create an account if that makes sense. Be aware of the company's voice, quote, voice and style. I'll just read straight from the book here. You may have picked this up already from your pre-internship research as you have hopefully been following the company's social media accounts before you even begin your internship. If you are asked to draft a post for the company's social media, when in doubt, run the draft by your supervisor and or the person who asks you to do this task to start to learn exactly what what they want to go and to post. Basically what I'm saying there is just like, hopefully you're already following the company's social media accounts and so when they assume that you know how to do things, um, you kind of get a vibe of the company. A really, really good rule of thumb is to tag, hashtag, and tag some more. So again, like we're not just going to say Taurus is on tour. Um, we're going to say Taurus is on tour in hashtag Canada. Here's the ticket link um, for hashtag Toronto, hashtag Montreal. Because again, like those, you know, when, when you're, this is a better example. If you're announcing a show, Tag the venue, tag the promoter, tag the other artists playing because then all those people are going to hopefully retweet it. Um, venues and promoters in particular love this because people are not always the best at tagging them. So get the word out and get in with promoters by tagging them. And so they know that you're good at promoting shows and then they will spread the word to their community and their followers. Most people know this, but Facebook in particular is very ad heavy. It's still, I, I'm hesitating because I have like personal opinions on it as well, but look, we're all there for a reason, right? Which means it's a good thing to spread the word on. Um, so even people that don't do ad spends, um, I see them getting the word across. So it's still there. Um, Instagram, um, obviously owned by Facebook, maybe not obvious. 
Um, hashtags are really the key to Instagram. Tagging is really great as well, but it's like super lame example, but I could hashtag like enjoying a hashtag green tea and green tea accounts will start following me. So, um, keep that in mind when, when you're posting and, um, for fun or for marketing or, or both bit We also had uh, goo.gl for short URLs, but I think they ended. So, um, bitly is great, uh, for shortened links to post efficiently, uh, with clean formatting on Twitter or uh, sorry, on Facebook and Twitter will shorten links automatically. So I talk about privacy equals professional. Uh, if your internship does not have you sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, pretend that you did. Um, we have all team members sign NDAs. And it's interesting because NDAs are like becoming controversial as, as far as like Me Too and harassment. I mean, women can harass too, but you know, considering our company was founded initially by three women, that's not why we're having you sign NDAs. Why we're having you sign NDAs is just to remind you that at our core, we are personal managers, which means we tend to know a lot of personal info about our clients. And I mean, this goes for everyone on the team, not just interns. I don't need you drunk at a bar blabbing about about your friends, you know, about, you know, one of my clients relationships or something. So the NDA is more there, you know, at, at my company to remind you um, to be mindful of, of privacy. You can post and share uh, via your mouth or social media, anything that's public. Um, so anything that's on the company's social media or, or that has been publicly announced by the company. And let me make that clear. I, I received a Google alert for a business partner's client that was on Dancing with the Stars and I, and I shared it. And she, you know, my business partner was upset, understandably, because we didn't have clearance from ABC to share it yet, even though the announcement had leaked. So just ask your supervisor when in doubt. But really, the safe bet is just to share um, or retweet from the company's uh, social media. Okay, um, we're wrapping this up. It's a long mini episode, but there's a lot of important stuff in here. Do not ask questions that are Googleable. I haven't had this come up too often. I think most people know this, hopefully, at this stage, but I mean, all the time, you know, like I Google stuff, I don't know. So um, try to figure it out before asking, because if you ask a team member a question that they're just going to Google, that's not a good look for you. And this is your internship or entry level job, you know, so take pride in your tasks and what you're doing. I think that is modern office basics as densely as I can teach it. Um, so we're going to wrap up this mini episode, but the next one will be on the key to success. So I'll just leave that as a teaser. Um, thanks so much to Amy uh, Up the Grove for producing this podcast in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And thanks so much to the Jabberjaw Network out of DC and LA. You all are the best. Um, and we will catch you next time. Have a great day, night, wherever you are. Thanks so much for listening to the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White. You can follow us anytime over on Twitter at Interning101, as well as on our website, interning101.com. I'm on Twitter at, at EMWizzle. Hit us up anytime if you have questions, comments, guest suggestions, or just want to get something off your mind. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.
This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.